Let's hear this great and strange vision from the book of Revelation of a world transformed, the heavens and the earth transformed. And Norma's to read this to us. Twenty-one verses one to six, and chapter twenty-two verses one to three. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. What do you think of that? Wonderful John, with this strange book that people have puzzled over and too often taken far too literally and forgotten its, all its poetry and all its symbolism. The thing that struck me today was, of course, uh, there's no sea in this new heaven and earth. Um, why, why no sea? I love the sea. Uh, and I'm sure people who go off on cruises or whatever love the sea, unless it's really choppy. But of course, for the Israelites, the sea was that great threatening place. They were never a naval nation. They, they saw the sea as, as somewhere where dragons existed and it was disorder and chaos. And so their sense of water is, is a river. If it could only be a, a wonderful river that you can drink from, because the sea you can't drink, it's no use to, for your plants. But think of a wonderful river. Maybe even, even the Nile from uh, ancient days when 
they were slaves. Or the Jordan, the promised river. And a river, in their imagination, and John's imagination, a river that, that brings life, a river going through a desert, and everywhere the river goes, the desert, desert blooms. You think of some of those great irrigation uh, schemes in the deserts of, of Africa, where life blooms. And we think of, of Janet with her, her seed that will cope with the droughts and her irrigation systems, sometimes just, uh, just her with a, with a barrel of water, making sure each of her precious plants is given enough water to survive. But this wonderful river, I've always been fascinated by rivers, and uh, one of my very special times was walking the Thames Path. And this reading came to my mind. Uh, the Thames been, been and still is a po polluted river, but uh, a lot less polluted than, than last century. Um, there are fish in the Thames, while for some years it was so polluted that nothing could live. But think of a, a pure, perfect river, such pure water. And everywhere it goes, trees and plants grow. The weird thing and the strange thing about this vision is that there is, seems to be only one tree. It's a tree that's on both sides of the banks, both banks. How does that happen? Unless there's some kind of root system that goes right under the river and then comes out again all over the place. There are, I believe, trees like that that can kind of burst up in more than one place. So this river, this tree of life, is kind of everywhere that the river goes. And then it bears fruit. And of course, well, apples, when do you have apples? That's sort of, when is it, September time that you pick your apples. But this is an amazing tree that has fruit every month. Look at the wonders of that. And in some translations, 12 types of fruit. So this is a tree that might have different types of fruit for each month. So you'd, in January, you'd have something that tasted like a, a wonderful strawberry. And, and then in, in July, maybe something like a peach, an apple in, in October. And not only that, the, the leaves of the tree are for the healing. Now, ancient people knew how herbs could, could heal, could help. And um, we, we know that today. Um, sometimes we're relearning some of those uh, gifts from the past. But these leaves are, are even more special because they're not only healing individuals, but they're for the healing of the nations, to bring peace, to bring that time where people... Um, Beat their, beat their saws into plowshares. It's a weird, wonderful vision, but it's all about the new life that God brings. A new life at the culmination of everything, that new heaven and earth, but also that new life that breaks into our old world as it is. 
and every, every tiny moment of transformation is that vision coming alive in Janet's village, in Jessica's village, in Ukraine winning the European uh, Eurovision Song Contest. It's not something I watch, so I don't ask me, who was second? I can't remember that one, but um, that's a miracle in itself. When did the UK last get anywhere near, um, near winning? If that's possible, then maybe, maybe, pray that Ukraine will be able to host Eurovision next year in peace. We're going to do that in a moment. Pray. At the moment, we're in, in a kind of lead-up time to Love Wickham, uh, a celebration in the middle of town that brings together Christians from all the churches and from the surrounding villages. And uh, that's on the 12th of June. There won't be a service here. Instead, we encourage people to meet near the Guildhall for an open-air service. And we hope and pray the weather will be kind. But in the lead-up to that, two things are being asked of local Christians and local churches. One is to do something for your community. Uh, and we've chosen to pick up a bit of litter. Uh, that might be just down your street. You, if you get gloves on, you might be able to, especially if you had a litter picker, you could do that, your neighbour or whatever. We're going to do it after worship on the 29th of May. And different churches are doing all kinds of different things for the community, social action. And I believe our giving to Christian aid is part of our community action. We want to change the world practically in good ways. And then the second one is to pray. And we all know the frustrations of prayer, that our prayers for peace are so often frustrated by evil, but it doesn't mean we stop. We keep praying for the healing of the nations. And after our next song, I'm going to invite you to simply go to one of the tables and to pick up a leaf and a pen and on each table, and I can't remember which is which, but the one over there is for individuals to pray for healing, for peace, for strength, for individuals you know. So put a name or situation on that leaf. This one, I better go and see. That's for our community. And you might want to pray for Love Wickham. You might want to pray for the work of One Can and uh, homeless, the Homeless Connection or other community projects. And then over there, there are prayers for the nations and that's particularly close to our, all our prayer uh, hearts for Ukraine. But think of all the other places like Yemen, uh, and so many places where Israel and Palestine are so many tensions and, and violence there. Pray for those nations too. And then finally at the back there's praying for the planet as we think of this climate crisis. 
思う